This is Pastor Scott. Thank you so much for checking out my sermon podcast from the New Hope Walpolopin Faith, Stairwell, and Slocum United Methodist Churches. We'd love to have you join us some Sunday for worship. To find out more about our locations and worship times, find us on Facebook at New Hope Walpolopin. We hope to see you soon. everybody here uses social media, and you've heard me talk about social media, but there is a thing that sometimes people will share, and and you should probably, even if you don't do social media, you'll be able to understand this. And what it is, and those of you that have seen it will probably nod in recognition, it's the picture of a house, and it's a really nice house. It could be a cabin in the woods, not that creepy kind from the horror movies, um, but that kind of the really nice log cabin in the woods. Uh, It could be a nice farmhouse with that wrapper on the porch. Uh, kind of like the gray one that sits up on the hill. Or it could be um, just like a really nice mansion with a fountain out front. And usually the text that accompanies it says something along the lines of, you can live here for free, but you must give up. And then there's usually a list of something that you can't drink alcohol or you can't watch football or um, you, you don't have any internet or you can't use your cell phone. One of those things. Um, and the idea being that, that you're, you're looking at something of what are you willing to give up to live in this house. And I don't know about those of you that have seen these, but when I see those, I'm like, okay, sure, I'll live there. You know, I, I can give that up. I guess it depends on what it is. Maybe nobody struck the right chord with me. But I share this because um, it makes me think of our passage in Mark today. Because in our passage, there's, there's something that I had never noticed until I was preparing for this message today. In our passage, we're going to see someone, Bartimaeus, we're going to see him give up something that's of utmost importance, his most prized possession. And it's really easy to overlook, but you'll see it in a moment. Um, And hopefully you'll be surprised by it too and, and impressed as well. But our passage today does begin with Jesus' interaction with with blind Bartimaeus as he's come to be known. And he's really a person of, of no consequence. Um, we don't really see much about him before or after his interaction with Jesus. All we know from scripture is that his name means son of Timaeus. But the other interesting thing is that that actually translates as son of impurity. And a, a lot of people think that that is because um, in biblical times, if you were born blind, if you were born with a certain affliction, people thought it was because of sin in your life or the life of your family tree, you know, that continued on with other generations kind of a thing. Um, so they, they thought that, that he was being punished for something in his family tree, basically, that had, that had gone awry. Um, now, before I move on, I just want to reiterate, that's not how God works. Um, that's the belief back then, but God doesn't punish us because of things like that. Um, usually we punish ourselves or our stupid things that we do cause us heartache and grief. Um, but that's, that's where his name comes from. It's, it's, it's because of that idea that if you were born blind and there was something wrong with your family, like your, your parents had sinned or your grandparents had sinned or something like that. Um, but, it, but it begins, though, with his interaction with Jesus leaving Jericho. And he's being followed by his disciples and also, it said, a large crowd. This is at the point in Jesus' ministry when he started to have people following him around. His, his name recognition had started to follow him as well. And this is what we read. Then they came to Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. 
When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, it's interesting to note that once Bartimaeus hears that it's Jesus of Nazareth, he calls Jesus son of David. Now, we don't really see Jesus addressed this way much else in Scripture. But in doing so, Bartimaeus is recognizing Jesus as the Messiah because that idea was that the son of David means that, that Jesus was the descendant of David. So that, that whole prophecy lineage thing that, that he was the Messiah. And I think it's also interesting that you see this jump made from Jesus of Nazareth. And if you remember what good can come from Nazareth, you know, that whole thing. The jump from Jesus of Nazareth to son of David, Jesus the Messiah. I, I find it interesting. I don't think it means anything. I just think it's kind of interesting that you see this in this passage. The jump from Jesus of Nazareth, this poor boy, you know, carpenter's son to the Messiah, lineage of David. But in his cries to Jesus, Bartimaeus shouts out, have mercy on me. And the response was this. It was from the crowd. It wasn't actually from Jesus at first. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Bartimaeus said, I don't care what you people say. I'm just going to say it again. Some of us are like that. But the crowd tries to quiet him, but he doesn't care. He shouts even more. What he lacked in tact, he made up for in faith. And he wasn't really asking anything from Jesus. As we find, he just wants mercy. Now, where Bartimaeus was, was most likely found by Jesus was a gathering spot for the outcast of society. Um, Jericho, as, as a city, wasn't what it used to be. If you remember Joshua and the whole, you know, marching around trumpets and all that stuff, um, Jericho had collapsed. And so they never really rebuilt Jericho as it had been. So this was probably near Jericho, right in the outskirts. Um, some, some scholars say that at that, in that area was probably, it was like the suburbs. It was like the nice area where people commuted to, where they had nice homes. And so he was, he was there doing this um, in order to, um, because he knew that the wealthy people would be passing through. So in the midst of that, he is he's begging, trying to get money from them. So, um, but at the same time, he's, he's in this area, in this sort of outcast sort of area, gathered with the people that are on the fringes <laughs> of not just the city, but the fringes of society. See, Bartimaeus himself was, was considered the poorest of the poor. Um, People probably avoided him because of his blindness. Um, and that aforementioned curse, they probably assumed, you know, he's blind, there's something wrong with his family. He couldn't work, obviously, because he couldn't see. Um, it's most likely because he couldn't support them. He didn't have any family. So here he is on the outside of the city, on the outside of, of society, on the fringes, sitting in this darkness, calling out to Jesus out of his desperation. Because, I mean, he's sitting there and he hears Jesus is coming through. He's probably heard about Jesus. And he's thinking to himself, when am I going to have this chance again? Like, this is my chance. So he shouts out to get Jesus' attention. And then he shouts some more, ignoring the crowd's uh, calls for him to be quiet. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't count how many times I've prayed like this. You've ever had those desperate prayers like Bartimaeus? Those times that in your desperation, you're crying out to God to hear me, God, have mercy on me, God, hear me, answer this prayer. Uh, it could be in your room or it's in your car, you know, tears running down your face. It could be for any reason, somebody's sick, you're sick, something's going on financially or something in your, your relationships. I think we've all been where Bartimaeus is. We've been in that moment of desperation where we're crying out to God to hear us. And what I love is the fact that Jesus hears 
Bartimaeus' cries. It says that Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Jesus asks the crowd to call Bartimaeus to him. Now I'm gonna admit, this part right here makes me mad at the crowd. Like I'm annoyed at the crowd because one minute they're telling him to be quiet and as soon as Jesus calls him, he's like, oh, cheer up, Jesus wants to see you. It's like two-faced people or what? Like that really bothers me. I think of all of this, that's the thing that bothers me the most, is like this flip-flop of the crowd. Um, but it shouldn't surprise us. We know how people are. But see, like moments before, they're standing in the way and, and telling him to be quiet. And it makes me wonder, even us, how many times do we, do we do this or have we done this? How many times have we or do we stand in the way of people who need to see Jesus? Who want Jesus to hear them or notice them? How many times have we stood in between the people that need him the most and Jesus? How many times have we ignored someone's pleas for help because they're inconvenient or, or even annoying? I mean, we all have people in our lives that it seems like life is a constant struggle. We, we all have people in our lives that it's just like we're constantly invited to a pity party. It's like, oh gosh, here we go again. Some of us are like that. When you're in desperate times, sometimes there's a reason for that. And we'll talk about it in a moment. But how many times do we make people feel too small or even undeserving to, to approach Jesus or to even be heard by him? But we see that even amongst the crowd, that, and even amongst everything that was going on, Jesus hears Bartimaeus. He hears this inconsequential person. He hears this blind man that's probably sat there begging for years. He hears this man that, that's on the outcast. He's the outcast. He's on the fringes of society. Jesus hears him. And Jesus calls him to him. So Bartimaeus gets up, he throws his cloak aside, and he jumps to his feet, and, and he, he comes to Jesus. He doesn't run to Jesus, he's blind, he probably couldn't do that. But he jumps up, and he comes to Jesus. And I like the fact that it says he jumped to his feet. There was no hesitation. Cheer up, Jesus wants to see you, and he jumped to his feet. But then here's the big deal. He threw aside his cloak. And we don't think much about it. I mean, if you go to my house, my wife's always scolding me because I have so many hoodies and sweatshirts and fleeces. Some of y'all, I don't know if it's a guy thing, but I have so many hoodies and fleeces and, and, I, and I, I buy even more. And my wife's like, you have so many coats. They're all yours. Every one of these coats in this coat rack belongs to you. How many coats do you need? I'm like, well, that's a green one. And that's, a, and that's when it's really hot. And that's when it's a little cold. That's when it's really cold. But he threw aside his cloak. And, and what we have to realize is for Bartimaeus, that cloak was everything. That cloak kept him warm. That cloak provided shelter if it was going to rain. That cloak would even be laid in front of him for people to throw their donations on so that he could like pull them to him and, and collect the money. That cloak probably was a bed for him, maybe, when he was tired. And that cloak probably even gave him a sense of, this is mine, I own something. Like it gave him a sense of pride that he had this cloak. And he threw it aside when Jesus called to him. Two weeks ago, I talked about the rich young ruler. 
How he came to Jesus asking what he must do to get eternal life. I talked about how he was a man of great means and power who wanted to use his resources to get into heaven. He was somebody who believed and followed the law, yet he hesitated and walked away when Jesus asked him to give what was important to him, to follow him. Even though Bartimaeus wasn't wealthy, this coat was all that he had, and he threw it aside when Jesus called him. So Jesus asks him and says, what do you want? What do you want from me? Bartimaeus says, Rabbi, I want to see. Now I have to admit, there's a part of me that wonders if this is, there's a little more to this than just his eyesight. You know, maybe Jesus, I, I just want to see. I want to see you. I want to see the bigger picture. I, I want to see. We don't know. But for me, I can't help but think that, that maybe it's more than just eyesight that he's asking to see. So Jesus tells him to go, that his faith has healed him. And immediately he was healed. And he followed Jesus along the road. And I find the end of this so interesting because we don't see that Jesus touched him. We don't see that he touched Jesus. We don't see that Jesus, you know, used the whole spit thing we've talked about and how gross it is. He didn't spit. He didn't get dirt. He didn't make a mud pie or put it on his eyes or any of that stuff. He didn't tell him to go wash a few, a few passages before. He's the pool of Bethesda. He didn't tell him to go wash or anything. He says, your faith has healed you. And it says he was healed immediately. But see, Jesus also tells Bartimaeus to go. We've seen that before from Jesus. Go and sin no more. Go and don't tell anybody what had happened here. We see it a lot. Go, go, go. And so Jesus says to Bartimaeus, go. Your faith has healed you. Bartimaeus doesn't go. Do you notice that? It says Bartimaeus followed Jesus. Bartimaeus was healed. He had his eyesight. He could have gone anywhere he wanted. He could have went and saw old friends. He could have went back home. He could have, who knows where he had to go. And instead, it says he followed Jesus down the path. I like that. See, today from this passage, there's two things I want us to reflect upon. And now whenever I ask us to reflect on something or whatever it seems like, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching on the same things a lot. It's because it's something that I'm carrying with me that, that's affecting me as well. There's two things I want us to reflect on from this passage today. The first is, who are the Bartimaeuses in our world, in our community? Who are the Bartimaeuses? Who are the people that are on the fringes crying out for help? And honestly, it could be unhealthy ways that they're doing it because sometimes any attention is attention. Who are the people that are crying out for help? Who are the people that are overlooked or ignored? It may not even be attention. Sometimes we're so, we, we just sort of get acclimated to the things we see around us and, and we get acclimated to the cries for help from people and it begins to that point where we just ignore it and it's not even intentional. It's just we don't see it anymore. I know in my circle, I see a lot of people who are struggling. People struggling with mental health issues, people struggling with financial struggles or parenting issues or employment or relationships. I just, I know there's a lot of people that are struggling with just many things. What can we do as a church community to reach those people? And what could we do? And it doesn't even have to be something that involves reaching into our pockets or even giving them anything. 
It might even be just helping people to know that they're seen and heard. Do you know anybody in your life that it just seems like they're constantly trying to be heard or seen? There's probably a reason for that because they're not feeling that they are seen or heard. The other thing I want us to reflect on is again, what is holding us back from truly following Jesus? What are the buts in our life? Single T. What are the Jesus, I would follow you, but... See, the rich young ruler came with everything, and he left with nothing because of the but. Bartimaeus came with nothing, giving up the only thing that was important to him, and left with everything, even his sight. See, the issue for both of them was a faith one. The rich young ruler had put his faith in the law. Bartimaeus had put his faith in Jesus. Whether we realize it or not, we all put our faith in something. Look around our world today. How many of us put our faith in our politics? Or how many of us put our faith in, in our, our financial situation? Or we put our faith in other people? We need to be putting our faith in Jesus Christ. So that's my other question to you this morning, is where does your faith lie? Let us pray. To God, we thank you. We thank you for knowing that we are seen and heard. That even in those moments of quiet, that you do hear us. Just ask now that you would help us to reach out to those around us. And that we would help those that struggle those that feel invisible or those that are on the fringes, help them to be seen and heard. Help us to be willing to listen. We ask this in Jesus' name.